The technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. You can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never thought of. Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value. Bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future. This is going to transform society. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Industry Insights, the podcast series where we sit down and have a chat with someone working within the crypto industry. Today, I've been blessed with Matthew Aaron, the founder of Crypto 101, the man who hugely influenced my decision to start podcasting. So Matthew, I'm going to take great pleasure in asking you, how are you doing today, brother? <laughs> I'm doing very well, brother. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. And um, I'm hyped for this call. It should be good. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you for having me on. So I think that it's imperative that we begin with this funny story. Crypto Authority, in fact, used to be called Crypto 101. <laughs> and that is until I came across this podcast and decided to rebrand it into the Crypto Authority. But you were there first. You cemented and created your brand first. So there was absolutely no problem from our behalf of rebranding and recreating the name. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that little funny story to begin with. Thank you for um, changing the name. <laughs> and, it was, and, you know, I, I had a couple of guests on before um, and they had, you know, these great ideas. And we're always wondering, well, if it's such a great idea, why didn't anybody else do it? And apparently Crypto 101 was a great name because you try to do it and everybody else is trying to do it, too. So um, I guess I'm fortunate that, you know, it stuck with us and it's a fortunate event for everybody. The Crypto Authority is also an amazing name, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. But as you said, it's rightfully yours. You were the first creator and the first person to get in with it. So yeah, all for you. So I think I think it's interesting and I think it's worthwhile to start with. What is Crypto 101? Well, Crypto 101 is a space, a community, a resource for people that are getting into cryptocurrency to get the 101s on different topics. If it's lingo, if it's, you know, the technology, if it's the people, if it's the ideas, the uh, the philosophies behind the crypto space, Crypto 101 is that 101 spot. So you can start kind of like feeling out the fields, feeling out the space. So once you find out what you're really into or something you really want to grab hold of, then you start going down that rabbit hole because, you know, there's so many rabbit holes in the crypto space to, you know, go down. You can go down the tech, you can go down the slang, you can be a, you know, a crypto Twitter personality and stuff like that. But, you know, you don't know, really know where you are in the crypto space until you find out all you have to know. And Crypto 101 is that hub for everybody. Just dive in and see what they like. That's exactly the way that I describe it. And that's exactly the experience that I had. I first got into crypto and quickly stumbled across your brand and then consequently fell down the rabbit hole of browsing through and listening through all of your podcasts. But firstly, when did you get started? And then how did you get started? Talk me through it. Well, I got, I got started in, well, there's two different times in space where I got started in, in, in Bitcoin. And the first one was 2013 when I just heard the How Stuff Works podcast or Stuff You Should Know podcast. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and they did a How Bitcoin Works podcast. And at that time, Bitcoin for me was a utility. It always has been a utility. It has been the means to an end, the end of the control or the limitations of fiat currency or U.S. dollar or the bank's authority on what you can do with your U.S. dollar. So it's always been a means to an end to me. I was a general manager of a, of a place in Shanghai, and there was there was a bartender who was, you know, dealing in Bitcoin. And in China, we didn't have exchanges. There was no um, fiat to uh, crypto on ramps. And we would have to take our WeChat. And what we in China, everybody uses WeChat for everything. So you pay basically everything is digital. 
you scan a QR code, you pay, you pay anywhere in China. And we would send our renminbi, our digital renminbi over to people that were selling Bitcoin and they would send us uh, Bitcoin uh, to our Bitcoin addresses. And so we started dabbling in then. And so when I left Shanghai in 2000, late 2016, early 2017 to Taiwan, I started, you know, going further into Bitcoin, you know, trading, things like that. And finally, after, you know, months and months of being on Reddit, trying to ask those one-on-one questions and basically being ridiculed and people saying, you know, DYOR, do your own research and uh, kind of thinking that, hey, being on Reddit asking questions was doing my own research. I decided, you know what, I'm going to do my own research and involve a community, a, a, a kind of a space, like I just said, of places where you can learn about these different philosophies or or tech or word or terminology or what have you. So you can just use it as a springboard. And I always thought Crypto 101 was a community of, even though it's a podcast, even though it's a brand, even though we have, you know, different people involved, it's more of like a, one of our bloggers said, it's a cottage industry of the crypto space. We have people all over the world contributing to Crypto 101. And yeah, it's just a safe space for people to come in and learn cryptocurrency. So there's two things that I want to talk about in that little excerpt that you had. Firstly, I love how you called or you defined Bitcoin as a utility. So many people nowadays are using it as a speculative investment. And I think it's really important that when we introduce the concept to new people, that we stress the idea that cryptocurrencies, for the most part, are actually currencies and they're supposed to serve as an alternative to fiat. They aren't investment tools. And then secondly, the second thing that I wanted to talk about is Taiwan. So you're calling from Taiwan. What is the crypto and blockchain ecosystem like there? Taiwan is an interesting place. Um, Taiwan, Taiwan is, hmm, how do, how do I want to put this? It is one step in the future and one step in the past. For example, you can go and buy Bitcoin at the 7-Eleven and, and send, give them cash and they give you a little ticket and they, they'll put, uh, send it to your wallet. So that is just like leaps and bounds above, you know, lots of places where they're putting ATMs or you're trying to figure out ways to buy uh, Bitcoin. You go down to the 7-Eleven, actually it's Family Mart, you can buy Bitcoin there. There's a lot, there's fiat to uh, crypto on ramps. Uh, and, you know, so it's a very vibrant space. There's a lot of people, especially in Taipei, that are, you know, working for, to make crypto, um, Taiwan, a crypto and digital asset blockchain center in Asia. There's a, a congressman that I am actually going to be interviewing tomorrow. I don't want to date this episode, but uh, we're going to have a conversation. And he is called the Crypto Congressman. His name is uh, Jason Xu, and he is advocating for the regulation for laws to encourage crypto companies to come into Taiwan and do business and set up shop. And what I said, that's the steps in the future. And the step in the past is that it's an island. It's kind of slow. It's very chill and laid back. I've spent a lot of time in Hawaii. So it kind of gives me this like futuristic Hawaii vibe where everybody's, you know, just chill, a lot of aloha here, very friendly, yet still pushing to the future. Okay. So off the top of your head, can you name any crypto startups or projects that are based and headquartered in Taiwan? We have um, a couple that were on crypto, I'm sorry, maybe not crypto 101, but ICO 101. We have um, Formosa Financial was on um, and they were in Taipei. They are making a, and I, I might get this wrong, they are making a intermediary for ICOs that are raised money that need liquidity from the ICO or the, or the F that's raised uh, so they can do business with it. For example, you raise F, maybe it's $1,000 an F, but then it might go to $900 an F or $400 an F. 
how do you manage that risk or hedge your, you know, your investments to make sure that that 1000 net that you raised in your ICO fundraising is still 1000 in the future. So they're providing that service and also providing the liquidity needed that, you know, so they can take that F that they raised and turn it over to the fiat that they might need to run their business with. So that's a pretty interesting startup. Um, and also there's a couple guys in Taipei that work really hard and their, um, their name is uh, John Jones and uh, Jeremy Furster. And they have a place, a company called Black Camp. And they are basically just an incubator um, consultant and they're, they bring ICOs and do ICO roadshows and, you know, and consult with people trying to do business in Taiwan, abroad or in Asia. And they're very exciting, very and high energy people. In case you haven't realized, Matthew, we've been in a bear market for almost 10 months now. So <laughs> as an investor and as a cryptocurrency enthusiast during this bear period, what have you done to better prepare yourself for the future? I haven't done anything for myself, to be honest. I have been holding the same coins, the same uh, investments, the same everything, just hodling um, through everything. And I, I really don't have any investment or a trading strategy. It's not my thing. I put in money in the, in the coins that I believed in. Some of those coins I might have lost a little confidence and faith in now, but uh, I'm not ready to uh, cash out of my position. I'm, I'm just going to stay in it for the long haul. Um, and see what they do with the the coins because this is the time that you know everybody says you put your head down and you know start working at your project and you know developing so let's see what happens when we come we come out of this what they have developed but what i have been working on in terms of crypto 101 is you know just creating resources for people to come back in the space uh, we saw in the in the bull that you know <laughs> 10 times more people are in the space you know shopping around in in uh, for podcasts or youtube channels investing and you know sign up for coinbase that's going to come back and when it does come back i think there's going to be a lot of people in the space to provide a lot more help for the new people to come back in and this time it's not going to be 10 times it's going to be 20 times 30 times maybe in 100 times the amount of people that we had in the last bull run to come back in and they're going to need resources. They're going to need help and they're going to need people that are committed to know what the hell they're doing to tell them to, hey, first of all, calm down. <laughs> and second of all, let's let's start learning and learn with us. And I think that uh, that's what Crypto One is preparing itself for right now. It's providing not only, you know, the content along the way, you know, through this bear market for people, for everybody that's listening. I hope that we continue to make a good quality show and I hope it entertains everybody. But, you know, once we get out of this bear market and people do start coming back in, I hope that they can go back through these episodes and get those resources and meet these people and meet these ideas and projects and get these thoughts because blockchain is a full topic. Blockchain is immense. It CZ was on the show and he said it took him six months to grasp it. So between all of us, Crypto Authority, Crypto 101 and everybody else, I hope that's enough for people to come in and, you know, really understand what's going on. So you mentioned resources and the resources that you traditionally release on Crypto 101 are podcasts and blog posts. But now you're releasing a book. So why, why a book and what's the mission with it? Man, that's a good question. The book is a collection of everything we've learned. And this is not just me. It's the Crypto 101 community, me, Danny M. Salem, the blog writers, the, uh, the Mark Van Horn, you know, Aaron Paul, everybody who's been in the community, the everybody who's took part in Crypto 101 over the past two years. It's the journey of us, you know, getting into crypto and seeing this bull and not knowing how to deal with, you know, buying our F at 50 bucks and it being 400 the next day. It's the FOMO. It's the FUD. It's the it's the emotions. It's, 
you know, putting in more money than you're probably supposed to put in, even though you don't want to lose it. And we, even though you hear it all the time, don't put in more money than you're willing to or able to lose. We've all done it. And this book goes through that whole process, the emotions, the, the story of all of us to help people understand what they're going to feel through the next bull or just through investing in general. Well, firstly, congratulations, because writing up a book is a serious life accomplishment. How many pages is it going to be? It's about 230 pages, about 210 of story, and the rest is glossary for the definitions and the words that we define throughout the book. Well, as a reader, I think 230 pages is the perfect length for me to learn and be able to extract the most knowledge possible. If it gets a bit lengthy, this is what I found with crypto books, is that I, I never really end up wanting to finish them. I do finish them because I have a personal rule whereby if I start a book, I have to finish it. But by the end, yeah. I feel like I'm just going along with it, not because I want to, but because I have to. So when writing up your book, have you pinpointed a certain industry or a certain solution where blockchain can be most useful and valuable? You know, in the book, we touch on a lot of different industries that blockchain could be useful. I kind of don't want to give them away because <laughs> those are big plot points of the book where um, our, our, our character Johnny actually takes a turn instead of, you know, buying ICOs and, and FOMOing all over the place and losing money. Uh, he actually starts looking into these companies and, you know, it actually makes a big impact on his life. Uh, but I would say sending money back has always been an issue. You can't trust Western Union. Um, I don't know. You couldn't trust Western Union. It's not because of Western Union itself, but the other end. Who owns the Western Union? Who's involved with it? Is it a pop-up shop? You know, And how are they going to get that money back and the fees that they take while they're sending that money back? And Sam had an amazing quote in the episode that we put out. He's like, you know, it, it's, it's if you send $100 back to his home country, Western Union takes $10. And that's like that you're taking money from poor people. We're sending money back to poor people. And he just thought that was wrong. And with cryptocurrency um, and Bitcoin, you're sending that for pennies. So that is one thing that ins inspired me throughout this whole Crypto 101 journey and found its way into the book. Okay, so what is the best or most gratifying thing about running Crypto 101? Oh, man, that's a big question and a really good question. And honestly, I never thought about it. There is... I think there's two or three things that are really gratifying about Crypto 101. One is the people that I work with. So we have people from all over the world, you know, contributing in one way or the other. If it's in small ways or big ways, it's the people that I meet and I get to work with. For example, writing the book, you know, we were Skype calling with, you know, people all the time and having meetings and things like that to make sure that the direction of the book was the right way we wanted. And we would go through editing, you know, line by line together. It was just an amazing experience that only crypto blockchain could have facilitated. So I think that's the first thing that's really rewarding about doing Crypto 101 is just meeting all the people and working with them under, you know, Crypto 101. Uh, the second part is the listeners. It's, it's just amazing to to get feedback from listeners, to say that they have, you know, branched out from listening to Crypto 101 and you even used it as an inspiration to do their own thing. It's It happens more often than I even think that it does. And that is amazing, especially when they come back on the show and they say and they tell us about their crypto experiences or just what they want to do and and talk about their, their own journey and their personal lives and know that they're listening to my show. That's so humbling. And I just 
love that. And I, that's what, you know, fuels me to keep doing it all the time and just, you know, keep pushing forward to make sure that I'm making good content that entertains and educates and, you know, make sure that we stick to our goals and our, our mission of, you know, being the average consumer's guide, because that's where I think it starts. I hope you don't mind me stealing your quote here, but right on, dude. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> yeah, I always hear you say it in the podcast and it, it makes me laugh. So I just had to squeeze that in there. So Matthew, going ahead, what are you interested in? The long-awaited bull run that we're all expecting, seeing how projects and visions unravel, and what kind of countries best prepare themselves for adoption? So earlier on, we spoke about Taiwan. What are you excited about? You know, I'm I'm personally excited about not as much as the crypto space is about crypto 101 branching outside of the crypto space. I think the crypto space has been an echo chamber, especially now since it's a bear market. We are kind of trying to continue to motivate ourselves. Some crypto shows, and you'll see it that, you know, the guests do the rounds and they'll be on all different podcasts, you know, around the same, same-ish times. And the same people going to the same conferences and talking and tweeting about the same things. I think it, what I'm very excited about is to take a step outside of the crypto space and figure out how to incorporate the average consumers or different industries, different industries or tech or, or, or the law or governance or, I don't know, even the blue collar manufacturing or truck drivers or bartenders and figure out how to incorporate them into crypto 101 and the blockchain space. I think that is the next step because that's the only way we're going to go through and get to whatever you want to call mass adoption is by reaching out to them and not by just investing or Lambos and moons and stuff like that, but really trying to connect and making them understand in one way or even, even passionate about it. So that's what I'm looking forward to in this next year is to take that step outside of the crypto sphere and figure out how to get people involved and get people on Crypto 101 that wants to engage their professions in blockchain somehow. Definitely. I think, well, if you think about it, currency is kind of the only service that blockchain technology has been able to fully immerse itself within. And we're not even at the end point yet, so there's still loads more room, but there are countless other industries and services where blockchain technology can make it a more efficient service. Yeah, I think I think it's not even just a more efficient as well. I think that it's more of making helping people understand that maybe they don't have to be that fearful of the future. I, I, I know like, you know, driverless cars or automobiles, you know, truck drivers are, are, are afraid of, hey, what am I going to do with my jobs if, you know, the Tesla truck, you know, takes over? Who's going to drive it? Is there a way that blockchain can bridge that gap of them not being fearful about losing their jobs, but maybe inspired about maybe being investors of asset-backed tokens that own trucks that drive around the country or something like that? And is some is there, is there companies thinking about doing that? And how do we get that to them that where they, they can know that maybe the future is looking better because of this technology? That's what I want to get into. Yep. So just to end off now, I do ask, or I try to ask every guest this question. I missed out on BitBoy last week, but are you Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or neither? Um, neither. Okay. Neither, man. <laughs> I, I, because uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how the future is going to roll out. I don't, I want to say that we, it's an early technology. I think it's kind of like asking, are you AOL or Netscape? Who knows? And then, you know, 10 years, you're Google or Facebook or, you know, whatever. I, I think that a lot of people are, are really passionate about their positions. I think that both sides have really good uh, arguments. I've listened to both sides and interviewed about both sides in depth. 
And I just say that we have to continue to keep our eye on the end goal. And the end goal is whatever you want to make of it when it comes to mainstream adoption. So I, I, I really don't want to pick sides, but I'm really excited to see how the technology goes through the future. And to date, that is the best answer that I've received for that question. So thanks, Matthew. We're just <laughs> getting to the it. end of the podcast call now. We don't really like to um, do much more than 20 to 30 minutes. So now I think it's a perfect time to end it. So where can people find you, Matthew? Where can they find Crypto 101? Well, yeah, you can go to Crypto101podcast.com. Over there, you can join our social medias. Our Facebook page has around 4,000 people of... we take out the spam. We take out the shillers and stuff like that. We delete people all the time. We just want people that share educational material and are there to help other people out. Of course, we have fun, but we don't do like a lot of crap in the background. So you can join our Facebook page or Twitter, our Instagram. You can send me an email on the cocktail button on crypto101podcast.com and send me an email direct. And you can look for the book coming out in the first weeks of November. Do you have an alternative to that Facebook group, like another chat room, like Discord, for example, because it sounds fascinating. And the fact that you expel all the shillers and all the negativity, it's brilliant. But unfortunately, I deactivated my Facebook and don't use it, but want to get involved. So do you, <laughs> is there any other platform that I can get involved in something similar? No, nah, man, you just follow my Twitter and I'm there, but we DM all the time. So I'm very happy that, uh, that you're DMing me and we're, we're in contact and we're buds and, and all that. And I would no matter how many Twitter followers I ever get right now, not that many. I'm not a big Twitter aficionado, but I will never turn off my DM so people always can reach me. Brilliant. Well, that goes for the same as us, guys. We really encourage you reaching out to us, whether you have a question or you want to share an idea with us, any sort of conversation and chat, we're available. And I'm sure Matthew's exactly the same. So you know where to find us, guys. Don't hesitate to do so. Well, Matthew, I guess this is it, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Have a great day and we'll catch you next time, guys.